I'd rather have my team spending time with customers than internally. And so they should be able to get the information that they need asynchronously. And the, the one thing is probably the coaching. But again, there's technologies out there, whether it's the gone the courses, a million of them out there that enable you to provide those coaching moments. And that's, that's what's really important for async and documentation around, you know, where customers stand in their journey, what their friction yeah. points are, what their objections are, whatever that is. So sales should hundred percent be able to be async. And, you know, we're remote. I mean, Envision, we went from, you know, almost nothing to a hundred million in ARR in five years, right? There's some proof points, you know, the GitLab's the world, like it works. It's going to be a time and a place for team meetings and things like that you know, doing role plays, all of that stuff. But for the most part, technology has come so far that um, there's opportunities to sort of address and support the organization asynchronously or even for sales teams. And I'm, again, I'd rather yeah. prioritize them spending time synchronously with their customers and the market and the community that they're involved sure. in that would be internal. Hey everyone. Welcome to Leading From Afar, a show by remote leaders for remote leaders, where we dive into the most important topics facing leaders in the future of work. I'm your host, Scott Markovitz. I was the first hire at Envision, one of the first all remote companies back in 2012. I've since helped build and scale multiple remote teams as an early employee or consultant. In each episode, we geek out doing deep dives on specific topics like within async, hiring the best talent anywhere, how to create a fun and engaging environment remotely, and so much more. This show was created to help managers leading remotely upskill themselves to help them build world-class remote cultures. If you enjoyed this content, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app, share it with friends and colleagues, and feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website. Everybody, thank you for tuning in today to the show. I'm your host, Scott Markovitz. So for a long time, and even quite recently, I've heard from many sales leaders that sales teams just need to be in person. And really, if doing it remote, then they absolutely had to be working synchronously, getting the team together for synchronous calls often, to share news and opportunities, give high fives and close deals, and similar. So today, I'm happy to be joined by a fellow remote OG and former colleague of mine at Envision, Ryan Burke. So Ryan heads up the sales team at an awesome async tool and company called Catalog. In the episode today, we start off by discussing how the early sales team in Envision was actually mostly office-based, but how then he helped scale a sales team globally, obviously without offices. We then discuss how Catalog is helping teams go async. And of course, what he's doing with his team to lead towards the path of the future of work for his sales team and all sales teams, which is of course working asynchronously. So if you're a sales leader that's thinking about async or at least understands that it's the future of work, yes, even for sales teams, and wanna know how to embrace it the right way, you're gonna love this episode. Brian, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show, thank you for joining. Thanks Scott, good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. It's uh, nice to kind of like have a history here of yep. the two former Envision OGs. So I think we'll get into that into the conversation, but it's great to, to finally be able to, to chat about some of the history of Envision and the things that you've been working on. 
How's everything in Boston these days? It's rainy, but uh, but everything is good. Everything is good. Working from home here in Charlestown. Nice. The Patriots lost this weekend, so yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not as good. Patriots are going to have a tough year, unfortunately. <laughs> but Celtics season is starting, so we've got some uh, got something to look forward to. Indeed, indeed. So usually the way we start off the show is just kind of doing a, a bit of an introduction of yourself, sure. and in this case, maybe give us a little bit of the origin story of Catalog. Uh, yeah. So Catalog. I joined Catalog after five and a half years at Vision, which I know we'll touch on. Uh, and, you know, Catalog is out to solve a lot of the issues that remote companies are feeling and something that I felt pretty acutely at Envision in terms of information being siloed, teams working in different tools, having to search all over the place for different uh, pieces of information. And so I was approached by Tarek, the CEO founder, and basically Catalog was his brainchild, you know, he worked at Amazon and TransferWise, and he felt a lot of the pain points as well, where, you know, knowledge was just scattered across an organization. And so what he wanted to do was, you know, build and create kind of a single pane of glass view into everything that's happening across your business. So think about what people are working on, updates, documentation, communication. You know, we give companies, you know, one single place to search and it does connect all the tools that you're using, whether it's Notion or Salesforce or Asana. Um, but again, it gives you that one place to go. And so we're uh, super excited. We have a lot of momentum these days, a lot of folks signing up for the product. Um, and it's exciting because different companies are using us for different use cases, but there's really an application for catalog across every part of an organization. And so um, it's a really exciting time to be, to be a catalog. No, absolutely. It's, it's certainly hard. I, I don't think, Maybe we'll touch on it a little bit later. Yeah. But as as remote goes forward, obviously the future of remote is async, and the yep. heart of async is, is the written word and long form writing. And as you noted, I obviously face the same individual. I face the similar working in other remote companies and and consulting and coaching other remote companies. Each team has their own tools. You know, developers yep. tend to like to use Confluent, support people who like to use Zendesk, and other ones yep. business people with Google Docs and what have you. And just obviously keeping everything up to date, keeping everything in line, you know, having this disjointed information where when you're one team and you need to find something that's relevant to another team, you know, you may be looking at Google Docs where the right place is like Confluence and yeah, not having that. And we all speak about it, right? At Envision, we always spoke about and Envision, we wanted to be the central source of truth, right? For design. Yep. Everything wants to be the central source and that, that's where it needs to be, especially as we move forward yep. with, uh, with the future work and the importance of, of writing documentation. Exactly. Uh, in the future. So kind of diving right into the conversation. And I believe your probably your first foot into remote work was when you joined us at Envision, similar to, to my first experience with remote. And I remember very early on speaking to a couple of people that were on your team and the sales team. From what I believe I remember, they were physically all sitting in like a WeWork space or some kind of like office space together in, in Boston. And it was fascinating because in theory, like Envision was this remote company and we we're supposed to be like, get anyone wherever they are. But then most or part of like the sales team, especially early on was like face-to-face -face, in person in some kind of space, maybe in Boston. So we'd kind of love to hear that origin story of how that started, like where the team was made up and kind of what the thinking was like to get people into a physical space together when I guess the whole idea of Envision remote was to be remote. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's an interesting question. So, you know, this was back in 2014. So, 
yep. you know, before remote was a thing. And Clark Valberg, when he was, you know, sort of recruiting me, he was saying, hey, you know what, if you want to set up a, you know, sales team in person in Boston, go ahead. And because yeah. again, at the time there were, you know, there was a few, you know, it was only a handful of companies, companies that, were that were doing remote, but everybody said yeah. sales teams can't be remote. You got to listen to yeah. other people's calls. You need to ring the bell and the high fives and all that stuff. And so I was pretty skittish about coming on board um, to a fully remote environment. And, you know, I did come on board. There were a few salespeople. I remember Ahad and, um, you know, we had some folks that were, were remote, but I did yeah. hire some people in Boston. And, you know, at first I was going to, build an office. And so I had, you know, commercial real estate people where you're doing office tours. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to build something that's counter to the overall culture. And sure. then I started to hire strategically into some other markets where maybe it was a little bit less expensive to find good talent, you know, outside of New York yeah. and San Francisco, for instance. And so, you know, Envision was great because we did have an option to go into a WeWork. We yeah. had one in Boston. And as you know, we started to you know, scatter them throughout the, throughout the, uh, the globe, but really yeah. there wasn't an expectation that you had to go in. And so Correct. we were still a remote company first from yeah. the top down. And, yeah. you know, so we sort of built, built from there and, you know, you know, again, just, you know, people say, hell, you can't have a sales team remote. And this again, is back in the, back before remote was the thing and remote was cool, yeah. but why? Well, you can't hear, you know, other people's calls. Well, that's coaching. And there's clearly, you know, technology out there today to support the the coaching, whether it's team building activities, all of these yep. things you can address through remote. Ultimately sales is is tied to numbers. So that's kind of the, the ultimate the ultimate measurement that, you know, lends Absolutely. itself well to a distributed environment. Yeah. I mean certainly that's the argument I've made God knows how many times on this podcast and everywhere yeah. else that you know, the future of work, it's all based on it's, it's a simple math equation. Like you have a deliverable by a certain timeline and if you've done yep. it, you've been productive, right? There's no presence, there's no more nine to five, there's no more seeing you, hey, get this done by that time. And in theory, yep. what you do between now and then is really up to you. But to kind of grow off of your, your point of, initially the idea was kind of building a team in Boston, but still hiring. We had people, I remember Ahad was, I think in Texas. I think, yep. I think he was over yep. in Texas. And yep. certainly as you grew the team and especially later on, you moved it internationally. Um, the idea was growing and you really, in theory, couldn't have the entire sales team in one place. And now certainly a right. catalog, right? The entire team is a remote. So we'd love yep. to hear the thought process, the procedural changes, like all the diff kind of different pieces. And let's know, I'm happy to nerd out and go to a deep dive here, kind of yeah. coming from that perspective of, okay, we initially have a, a core group of people in Boston. And like, what was that then process that moved away from there? Okay, now we're hiring people everywhere in the US, globally and away from yep. the office. Again, like what kind of pieces were in there? Like, again, you probably had to have some new processes, new documentation as we were speaking about. We'd love to hear kind of like what that whole thing looked like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it was, you know, it's important to set the foundation from the start because as you start to scale, it gets a lot more unwieldy. And so, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we were very clear from the start that, you know, we did have some people that, you know, had in Texas and we had some folks in San Francisco, you know, one, you had to set some of the behavioral norms, right? There couldn't be a have and a have nots. And those simple things, like sure. if everybody's in the conference room in Boston, but there's a few people dialed in, everybody has to be on their own computer, you know, and just yeah. me, even the playing field. And, you know, I really, you know, sort of built and developed this concept around, especially for sales, you know, measuring 
you know, the behaviors, the activities, and ultimately the results. But no one was more important than the other. And so behaviors, you know, behaviors is, you know, simple things like SLAs around, you know, everybody having being on their own computer or, sure. you know, cameras on, you know, during, during meetings, all of these little things, but also, um, you know, values like, I've always been a big, you know, kind of culture person. And they say, you know, especially yeah. with remote, they say culture is the hardest thing to build and maintain. Absolutely. Um, we didn't have very vibrant values early on in Envision. Sure. And it was always one of those things that the cam was getting kicked a little bit. And so, you know, the enterprise team, we just built our own values, you know, it was sort of a yeah. bottoms up. The team got together, we built the values. Ultimately, Envision, you know, launched some, you know, really compelling values that we, that we you know, adopted and aligned to. But making sure that people understood what the values were and that they were part of the fabric of the day-to-day. -day. They weren't just yeah. you know, slapped onto a website or you know, recruiting yeah. pitches. It was, you know, we had a Slack channel with the values. Uh, you know, they were built into performance reviews. We held people accountable to them. We celebrated, we had values awards every month. Little tools like Bonusly, like, you know, Bonusly, like- A uh, huge you know, fan of those. should be on Bonusly payroll, but- yeah, you know, so but just there was that pattern, you know, because you could hashtag a value. Yeah. Uh, and so making sure that people were aligned to the behaviors. And then you also had the activities, um, you know, and in sales, it was, you know, doing the right things, whether it was, you know, customer meetings, you know, pipeline or coaching conversations for, yeah. for managers. You had to define what those, what those activities were. And so we built these leading indicators and, you know, honestly didn't roll them out very effectively at first because everybody was sure. like, eh, I don't want to be <laughs> micromanaged and policing yep. everything I do. And I was like, all right, fine. We're going to boil it down to just customer meetings because yep. everything sort of comes from that. You're not going to have pipeline if you don't have customer meetings. Yep. Um, you know, prospecting is obviously not effective if you don't have the customer meetings. And so we boiled it down to that. And so measuring those activities and doing it for, you know, the, the reps and the customer success folks, but also doing it for the managers. You know, I have yeah. the managers every quarter define for me what their leading indicators would be. I'm going to do three coaching calls a week. I'm going to do a career development conversation once a quarter with everyone, whatever deal reviews twice a week, whatever sure. it was, but those leading indicators. And then obviously you have the results and sure. in a remote world. Sometimes you only measure the results, but that's not yeah. enough. Because yeah. maybe people aren't doing the right thing. They're not acting the right way. And that's as important. And in sales, especially because in sales, sometimes the results aren't there. You know, maybe it's timing, yeah. budget, competitors, whatever it is. But it's a very different conversation if somebody's acting the right way and doing all the right things and the results aren't there versus yeah. somebody that the results are through the roof, but maybe they're being a jerk and you know, they're not meeting with customers, but they get a bluebird or something. And so yeah. making sure that you're looking at the world through the lens of those three things was definitely a game changer for the sales organization at, uh, at Envision. No, I, I love that. There are two points I'm going to you know, pick at here. The first is I, sure. I love the idea and I, I totally agree with, you know, the early days in Envision, the culture really kind of happened within the team. And I've seen that yep. consistently. I still see that today. Really, I mean, we were probably what the third, fourth, fifth, all remote company by then. These things didn't exist. Yep. No, the Git, the Git labs didn't really exist yet with all their, their great documentation and things like that. So everybody yeah. came from an off office environment where yep. again, very few companies 
historically have ever had good company culture. So you've taken this office mentality where even in that case, a lot of it was grassroots, right? Each team, like they, they sit next to each other, they go to lunch together, they go yeah. for beers after work. So a lot of like the culture happened by itself because the team were together and they had the opportunity to, to engage and, and do things there. So when you come yeah. to a remote world and everything has to be intentional, if you didn't have the experience or the knowledge of, hey, I need to intentionally create these opportunities here, you'd kind of leave it up to the team or the individual teams that create a culture. And then it's, as you said, Envision kind of later down the road, kind of packaged everything together, took the best things that people are doing, and then kind of gave us a Northern light. And I kind of, I, I still consistently see that with many of the, the remote company, we'll call it the third bucket remote companies that, that, that I coach. The yeah. second piece I, uh, that I would love to know, dive into it is that idea of a huge believer in context, right? I'm for yep. as much people like to say data driven, data driven, data driven. For me, data is a red flag at best, right? It's kind of a here, I'll give you an orange flag here, but it kind of says, Hey, yeah. look yeah. deeper here. No, this is not just right. the final answer. Take a deeper look. So I love that insight of, especially as we look towards the future work. And again, many of the focuses are going to be on output or contribution or things like that, that we always need to have in mind the context. So especially yeah. in sales where it could, as you said, it's simply close sales, you know, or number of leads, yep. number of qualified meetings set up, number of deals closed, but in an environment like it is today, where companies are, are downsizing, companies are, are tightening their, uh, their purse books, it's much harder to get those meetings. It's much harder to get those sales just yep. because of the environment that we're in. So if you're just looking at, did you get these amount of qualified leads or did you close the amount of deals? You're not seeing the whole picture and do right. doing what you've done of kind of looking at more holistic and are you doing the right things? Are you going through the right actions? That's right. You know, taking that in, into consideration versus just the end numbers. And I, I absolutely love that idea. And maybe if you have like one or two examples to maybe share, it could be recently, it could be an envision where you kind of saw these use cases where for whatever reason, could be maybe a junior person or the economy at some point of time weren't where they were supposed to be, but you saw because you, you put those procedures into place that people were doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think a couple of things, I think one, uh, you know, it's sort of, uh, it touches on the hiring profile because you know, for sales, you might think, oh, I'm just going to go hire the Oracle salesperson that's just crushing their quota. Yeah. I think that might not be the right person for a remote environment. Absolutely. And I think Envision did a really good job of hiring people with a good profile for remote. They've got a high EQ, you know, they're, they've yep. got a lot of, you know, empathy, um, resilience. They've demonstrated resilience in a past role. They're proactive. They're people that are going to come out and ask for help. Because yeah. sometimes in remote, you're like, I don't know the answer to this. And I don't want to, you know, just slack somebody randomly or whatnot. They're, they're uh, motivated by self-development. Like they've got to have some, you know, intrinsic motivation to, to, to better themselves. So I think hiring people helps you get people that are focused on things that are important beyond, you know, just the results. So I think that's, I think that's really, really important. And obviously that lends itself to the culture. Cause again, I'll co continue to go back to culture. Envision for all the things that, you know, maybe went sideways at, at times, you know, to get to be an almost 900 person company fully yeah. remote yeah. and have culture be one of the best qualities. That was a big accomplishment. 
for Envision. And, you know, and it's too bad that's not celebrated more. Yeah. But if you ask anybody from Envision, like, yeah, maybe the, the story didn't have the happiest of endings all the time, but everyone will say culture was great. The people were great, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's hard to do. And you look at like Absolutely. simple things like context again, to your point, you know, I remember the, you know, one of the CTOs at Envision, you know, would write these blogs about yeah. the engineering updates. And those yeah. were great for, you yeah. know, salespeople like myself, where you're like, what the heck's going on in engineering? And you know, like, for sure. at the time, you don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would write these great blogs on a monthly basis that just, you know, kind of dumbed it down a little bit, you know, and just in, yeah. you know, normal speak. Here's what we're working on. Here's what the updates are. Here are the issues that we're fixing. Here are our goals. And that was great. And a lot of that was sure. context. And I think, you know, again, context is is everything. And I think the biggest thing for context in a remote world is, uh, you know, relative to change management. Yeah. Because changes happen in, you know, companies all the time. And half the time people are like, wait, why did we make that change? <laughs> what is it? You yeah. know? And, and so the why is everything. Yeah. And you've got to double down on the why. What was the process that went into this? Hey, before we roll out this decision, we want to let you know, we've been working on this for three months. These are all the people that were involved. These are the trade-offs that we prioritized. Go into that entire process and then hammer the why. This yeah. is why we're doing it. And because change management can you know, make or break a remote company. If you're rolling out changes, whether it's product changes, you know, layoffs, whatever it is, you really got to double down on providing the context around why that decision was made so people feel comfortable Absolutely. Um, that, you know, the right thought process and people involved and decision-making criteria were all part of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So moving forward a little bit here. So sure. catalog is moving beyond, you know, just a remote yep. and a lot of the content and the branding is very focused on helping lead companies and lead us to where the future of work is going. And that's is async. Would love to hear a little bit more about catalogs, async culture and how yep. other companies can do the same and implement the same. Because again, for, for me, my, my two cents are we now, right. We say that going back to the office is like the worst thing, the right to return to the office. We don't want to work yep. for those companies. Those companies are terrible. We want remote in 18 months from now synchronous meeting and synchronous communication will be the next iteration of that, right? That like the old game of remote will kind of be no one will talk about. And now it's the idea of we have to sit in meetings all day long. I don't want to work for a company that, that works like that. So we'd love to hear again, your experience, catalogs experience, and then what other leaders can start thinking about doing within their or own organizations to again, move forward with the future of work. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I, you know, a couple things there, I think that, you know, the balance of power has shifted from, employers to employees with this move yeah. to remote. You know, there's obviously job opportunities out there for, for employees to work work from anywhere. And so you really have to prioritize employee well-being. And so yeah. how do you do that? You know, and and you know, one of the ways that you do that is you know, something that catalog is setting out to solve, which is making information accessible. It's so Absolutely. frustrating when you can't find something. And you know, catalog, yeah. we've done a couple really strong um, third-party research reports, one with Cornell University, one with GitLab. And yeah, great. You know, one of the things we found is it takes on, people spend right now on average one hour a day just trying to find information. Oh, was that Crazy. in Slack? Was that a, yeah. in Salesforce? Is that a Google Doc? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. 
And that leads to employee frustration, right? And yeah. employee engagement. And then if you find the data, is it accurate? You know, is there is there a level of trust that the data is the right data and it's up to date and it's accurate? And so that trust in information also, you know, impacts employee engagement and employee satisfaction and well-being. Yep. So, you know, one of the things that we're setting out to solve a catalog is, you know, we've got enterprise search, you know, one click, I can search for anything. I can search across my email, Slack, Salesforce, HubSpot, Notion, whatever. Amazing. And I can find something at the drop of a hat. And that changes your mentality a little bit because think Absolutely. how frustrating it is before a meeting when you can't find anything. And so that's been really important um, in terms of making sure that the information is, uh, is accessible, up to date and accurate, regardless of the tool. And so I think that's one thing that's really, that's really important. And, you know, I think another thing with async, like remote, if you don't figure out async, you're done, you're dead. Like async Absolutely. is everything. Async Absolutely. is everything. Yeah. And so I don't care what you use, but, you know, even with one of our recent reports, it was like 30% of people didn't even know what async meant, you know, yeah. and it, it probably means something different for every company and that's okay. Sure. You have to clearly define it. So everybody knows, and then you have to be overly prescriptive. Yeah. This is what we're going to do in terms of the tools. These are the tools we're using. This is what this one's for. This was one, this one for, for communication. Yeah. These messages should go in Slack. They should go in, in, you know, email, whatever it is, but you should have that written down and documented. I mean, at, at, you know, catalog, we even documented, you know, how we work. You know, we came together on, on my team. We put together a document on how we work. Yeah, yeah. She was on, when do we do one-on-ones? What do we do meetings for? Do we celebrate birthdays? Do we use nicknames? Like, just yeah. putting it all That's down awesome. on paper. And so there's one central resource, which is enormously important for, you know, new employees. You know, for because sure. the biggest issue with remote, and one of the biggest issues, I would argue, is onboarding new employees. It can be oh, awfully yeah. lonely in a remote oh, world. Yeah. And so making sure that people know everything, not just, you know, coaching them on the latest product, yep. but how do they act? How do they communicate? Yeah. How do they socially interact? Like all of those things need to be documented in an async way. And, you know, for a sales, some things are easy. You know, if it doesn't exist in Salesforce, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's done. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you kind of have to do that for the rest of the business. You have to take these yeah. pockets. And, you know, I look at things like DevOps and then in the Envision world, design ops. Like, yeah. Design ops became incredibly important to design organizations to streamline processes, streamline communication, streamline tooling. That's basically what Catalog was doing for the entire company. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love the point of, again, having to document everything. I, I interviewed somebody last week from HubSpot for the show and was fascinated by the idea. One of the things that they documented through the process of going remote before and during the pandemic were called Gen Z who are just first job out of college and they yep. didn't know, was it okay to use emojis in Slack when talking to their boss yeah. or their colleagues, because maybe yeah. on like you no know, SMS or whatever tools that's kind of run to the game. But now in a business environment, like they, they didn't have that experience, especially again, being remote, they didn't just even going down like that level. Hey, when you communicate, adding something in there, yes, emojis are okay in this scenario, maybe not so great in this, this scenario. 
I, yeah. and I couldn't, couldn't agree more that everything is, is documentation. Yeah. And, and being prescriptive, like, you know, we hire a lot of folks that, you know, maybe it's, you know, they're, they're more junior in their career, even things yeah. as simple as time management, they don't yeah, know how to sure. spend their day and yeah. that's okay. And so again, yeah. with the onboarding, you know, we would do, you know, three month onboarding, you know, curriculums just yeah. so people knew we would do time management training and then we'd be very prescriptive. You should be spending two hours of your day on prospecting, whatever on admin and, you know, spend an hour a day on self-development and learning, whatever it is. That's uh, awesome. But again, people don't really know how to manage their time and don't expect yeah. them to. And so be prescriptive and help them manage their time, cut it up into chunks. Yeah. But you're right. People need to know all the behavioral norms, which also gets tricky. You know, I managed the international team and lived in London for three years for Envision. Yeah. There's different behavioral norms, obviously, international. For sure. For sure. And so being very clear in terms of what those parameters are, how you call some some things out that maybe, you know, certain, you know, you know, regions or cultures aren't yeah. uh, aren't aligned with and, you know, you know, giving those giving those guardrails for folks. Yeah. Something that you said earlier, and I've certainly experienced this in my, my latest role and again, other companies that I've worked with is this mentality again, again, maybe old school mentality that especially a sales team has to have lots of synchronous meetings, right? We're skipping the whole idea of, you know, whether the office and data sharing and like, you know, high fives, but yep. you're obviously moving away from that, you know, obviously with catalog, but is this really true, yep. right? The sales teams, they feed off each other's energy. They have to be getting on synchronous calls every day or like team meetings. Cause again, I've seen this so often. And again, and that's what I've heard from the sales leadership. It's sales teams have to be synchronous. We have to get together. We yeah. have to feed off each other's energy and this thing, this and that and the other. Or really is async also the future of sales too? You know, outside of having a customer call when you have to have a customer call, but is async also the, the future of sales teams as is for most every other team within the company? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I'd rather have my team spending time with customers than internally. And so they should be able to get the information that they need asynchronously. And the the one thing is probably the coaching. And but again, there's technologies out there, whether it's the gone, the courses, a million of them out there that enable you to provide those coaching moments. And that's what's really important. For, for async and documentation around, you know, where customers stand in their journey, what their friction yep. points are, what their objections are, whatever that is. So sales should 100% be able to be async. And, you know, we're remote. I mean, Envision, we went from, you know, almost nothing to 100 million in ARR in, in five years, right? And so yep. there was uh, there's some proof points, you know, the GitLab's the world, like it works. Sure. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a time and a place for team meetings and things like that. And, you know, doing role plays, all of that stuff. But for the most part, all of that, you know, technology has come so far that there's opportunities to sort of address and support the organization asynchronously, even for even for sales teams. And I'm, again, I'd rather yeah. prioritize them spending times synchronously with their customers and the market and the community that they're involved sure. in than it would be internally. Yeah. So if, if it's okay with you, I want to do Let's, let's, let's nerd out here. Let's do a deep dive sure. outside of the customer facing things. So we're saying asynchronous is the future of also sales, but how are you doing it now? And how are other sales leaders? Can they recreate 
these the knowledge sharing, the coaching opportunities, just celebrating wins, right? Again, in the office, somebody yeah. goes a big deal, high five, okay, you know, you do whatever right. in the office. How do you do that? And how do you recreate those moments? Because again, right, in a, in a remote, everything's intentional. So you have yeah. to intentionally recreate every one of these coaching sessions and feedback, whatever it may be. So how yeah. can leaders be doing that in a remote async environment, again, outside of the customer facing stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, there's always going to be those those social moments for celebrating a deal or whatnot. But you have to make sure that those moments are captured in a way that somebody outside of the time zone that you're in sure. can participate as well. And, you know, selfishly, and, you know, we, we use catalog for a lot of it because, again, it breaks down the barriers and the silos between the teams that allows you to have the documentation visible to everyone at the organization. It's not just like a closed one, you know, notification that comes through Salesforce. We put something in the catalog, it goes to everybody in the company. And then, you know, yeah. maybe it you know, corresponds to the, uh, you know, the, the, the Slack channel, but making sure that you're creating those moments in an asynchronous way that everybody can access and respond to. Like, again, in an asynchronous world, you've got to make sure that everybody has a voice and that Absolutely. voice can be documented. You know, they can provide a comment on a particular thing or you know, surveys or there's all these engagement tools out there, you know, that we used yeah. at Envision, but, you know, people need to feel like they have a voice. And so you have, whatever the mechanism is, you know, for us, sure. it's catalog, but for whatever the mechanism is, people need to make sure that there's some way for them to provide feedback into the, into the, into the organization and, you know, product direction, sales motion, whatever it is, yeah. all of those things. Um, and then, you know, just even envision like there was all these little tips and tricks that we used to use that would sort of, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that this might be going off the uh, topic a little bit, but, you know, everyone's like, oh, you can't do remote because you can't brainstorm, you know, brainstorming needs to happen, you know, yeah. you know, and all of that stuff. And you see yeah, yeah, yeah. digital whiteboards and all of that, you know, yeah. they're great. There's a time and place. But you, you remember Clark at Envision always had this term bad version. You know, and it was sort yeah. of a safe word to throw things yeah. out. A bad version, yeah. I haven't thought this through, but what if we tried boom? And it was one of those like yeah. little safe words. And you could do that, yeah. you know, putting it onto a, on a digital whiteboard on, you know, Envision Freehand or whatever. Bad version, yeah. here's this. But again, it spurs that, you know, it spurs that proactivity around throwing out ideas versus people yeah. being like, I'm not sure I want to put this on a document because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it's really the right answer. And so having yeah. all of these little tips and tricks or, you know, we always use for feedback. Feedback was another one. You're like, oh, in a remote world, you know, you can't get the, you can't get the, you can't get the feedback. And so, you know, we had this concept that we didn't invent, but the, you know, the deck of cards, some of you heard the deck of cards where it was, yeah. you know, the, 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 the red are positive and the black are sort of constructive criticism and mm. hearts and clubs are kind of vague hearts. Hey, Scott, great podcast. All right. Yeah. Or hey, Scott, I really didn't like that podcast. We focused on diamonds and spades. Diamonds yeah. is positive and specific. Scott, I really like the way mm. that you structured the questions in that podcast. Spades, yeah. not the one thing I think you could have done better was, you know, ask this question up front, da da da, whatever. And so mm -hmm. we would build that into the culture. And so then even yeah. in the document, the async documentation, you would have 
those diamonds and spades. And that again, gave people stimulation to provide feedback. Cause I would go into calls or, you know, or I, if I would share a presentation, I'd be like, all right, everybody needs to share one diamond and one spade on this presentation. And yeah. then you get these comments in there on diamonds and spades and people knew how to frame it. And, yeah. or if you're on a, you know, zoom call, everybody, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's like multitasking and it's like, all right, you need to have a diamond <laughs> space at the end of this presentation. Everybody like lean forward and lean in. And then, and then again, you're spurring that culture of feedback, which some people think, oh, you can't really do that in a remote world, but you can, you just got to come up with your own sort of cultural philosophies and tips and tricks and all of these things that become part of the fabric of your organization, and your culture. Yeah. That's very interesting. Kind of pivoting away from the internal processes from sales and how to async them. Even the actual customer facing or customer engaging piece is also starting to go async outside of just, you know, kind of cold emails. But something that, that we were doing at, at cloud app, obviously dog fooding in the product, especially with you no know, SDRs where again, you're trying to prospect, you're trying to get someone even on like an initial conversation, a 15 minute call, just to kind of you know, give yep. them an initial pitch. And a lot of times like, People don't want to get on that call. People don't have the time to get on that 20 minute call. And you still, as a yeah. SDR, you, you want to give them information that will be valuable to them. So we were kind of dog foodling process where we'd create an asynchronous video, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes and share that video. So we had the opportunity to, to give them the information that we wanted them to have to allow them to watch it and to consume it in the time that's convenient for them and kind yeah. of check off those boxes. And we saw a decent, you no know, engagement rate from that. So we'd love to hear again, maybe things that your team was doing to even async part of like the customer facing process and what other companies also should start thinking about and what kind of big ideas is like video going to be a big part of this future or any of those things you're thinking about or seeing? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, video, I feel like it's got a lot of positive momentum. I don't know. I get these video outreach from SDRs all the time. I, I yeah. don't watch many of them. Yeah, you want these you want these short clips but what we do do like a catalog you know we'll we'll create a slack channel with our customers mm. you know and so that they can immediately provide feedback or yeah. one of the biggest things that we built into the product with catalog is like we've got this ecosystem where you can share knowledge and communication yeah we've awesome. opened that up and so you know a lot of our clients and customers right now are agencies and they want to mm. be able to develop these, you know, workflows or these projects, yeah. but share them with their clients. And so we've opened yeah. it up. So now you can share externally all of those parts of the product that help you communicate mm. and collaborate within catalog with your yeah. customers. So there's an asynchronous, you know, documentation of, you know, project nice. updates or work streams, all of this stuff has been opened up. So I think it's, you know, using the tool stack that you have and, you know, sharing that with, with your customers as well. And maybe that's a little bit less relevant for prospects, but who knows, maybe that's the direction um, yeah. things are going as well. And I think videos, there's, there's probably a place, um, there's probably a place for videos. I still think like content, if you yeah. want to call it async, sharing thought leadership sure. and content is sure. still going to be the primary mechanism to drive awareness of whatever yep. it is that you're doing versus cold email outreach. Cause I just think yep. cold email outreach right mm. now is just not, is not as successful <laughs> as giving I, something I, of value to people absolutely. in an asynchronous way. 
Absolutely. And it's been so much, I mean, I, I still look at tons of these, it's, it's the spray and pray, right? No, no research, no things. You just kind of send it to like a thousand people. Hopefully some people convert. Like the one idea we had to be thinking about with video is especially getting away. We understand from marketing, from sales, that personalization has a huge impact on, on engagement, opens replies to this content. So there is no tool yet that I found that can add in a macro. So if I create an asynchronous video and I say, Hey, Ryan from catalog, right? There's no way for me to macro that in there. I had to take the time to personalize this video, right? And you can't, you can easily tell if something's like cut and chopped where you just kind of take the whole bit and point and then kind of just add in some like intro. So if you don't do that and you just take that time to personalize a 90 second video, but I put in, Hey, Ryan, and, and put your company name in there, at least potentially gives the feeling to like to, to the potential leader, whoever's receiving it, like, Hey, Scott actually took the time to record this video just for me and personalize it just for me. And I, that's something again, that we've been championing at cloud. I've been, you know, it'd be interesting to see yeah. kind of what that, what that impact is now moving forward. Yeah. It's just, everyone's personalizing these days. Hey, Ryan, saw you went to Boston college. Hey, da, yeah. da, da. you know, you do this. Like, All right. Great. Again, I think the, the, the way that you get someone's attention in this noisy, noisy world is adding value and yeah whether it's content or video of something, but it's got to add value. And sure. that's what, you know, the, the personalization needs to be. It's less about the school you went to, the company you are, yeah. or that you raised money or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, more yeah. about personalization of the message that's going to add value to that person. And so that's where I think, I think the direction of sort of the sales outreach is going and it takes yeah. time, but you know, that's, Absolutely. that's, that's going to get punches. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I remember I, I did lots of workshops in different areas. One was writing these types of mails. And I remember getting one in Envision. This was probably about 2015, 2016 or so. It was a tool that we used back in probably 2012, 2013 that we haven't been using. And they kind of, they, they did the right process of, you no, know, here's the issue that you're, that you're potentially having in this type of role. And here are the companies. Yep. And it was funny to say like, hey, we would love to tell you how companies like Microsoft, whoever, and Envision have been using this product. And I thought yeah. to myself, right, two things. Number one, we haven't used your product in like four years. But number two, it's like, you're gonna tell an employee of Envision how right. we use the product at Envision. To, so it's like, again, just like these spray and pray. Right. The, even right. when you're trying to do it the right way and, and personalize right. it, I, yeah. I completely agree. Unless someone in Envision was using it, because I remember back in the day, we used one of those spider whatever technologies to see all the SaaS yeah. tools we were using. There was like a few hundred SaaS tools being used because at a 900 or 800 person remote company, sure, sure, sure. it quickly gets very unwieldy. And I think that's another important yeah. point for people is you've got to distill down your tool stack for people and then enable them because yeah. Envision, we had so many different tools mm -hmm. that maybe somebody was using. I mean, even now, like in the catalog world, like we talk to people and it's like this department's using Asana, this one's using Monday, this yeah. one's using ClickUp. They're all project management tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Uh, but they don't yeah. know. They don't know. Yeah. And so you've got to be prescriptive again and sort of distilling down that tools, but then showing people how to use them, who should be using it, when they should be using it, and what they should Absolutely. be using it for. But I do agree on your uh, on your personalization, yeah. uh, on your personalization point. Yeah. So, last question I have for you is: Yeah. Obviously, besides catalog, what asynchronous tools are are you using, you and your team? And 
similar, like what rec what tools would you recommend, obviously catalog included, for sales teams to start looking at, to start implementing, to start asyncing their 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 processes? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, you know, like I said before, I'm a big fan of Bonusly, and that's you know something that oh, really, sure. you know explicitly addresses that culture point, gives you those micro you know micro celebrations. Hey, yeah. Scott, great job on this podcast. Here's $2. Like you lose yeah, yeah, yeah. those high fives in Absolutely. a remote world. I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think tools like Scratchpad or there's a few of them out there for sales where, you know, what do salespeople complain about? Ah, oh, it's such a pain in the butt <laughs> to input information into Salesforce. Well, there's tools out there like yeah. Scratchpad that make it easy to just mm. import notes into, you know, into, into Salesforce. And then, yeah. you know, again, selfishly, you know, catalog is a game changer for us in the fact sure. that the sales team doesn't have to go down a rabbit hole to figure out what the latest is on the product roadmap yeah. or, you know, where we are on this marketing strategy. It's all one click away, you know, yeah. and so it's very easy. Or, you know, we have an org chart, you know, most org charts are fairly static and, you sure. know, not up to date or whatnot. Our org chart shows you in real time what everybody's working on. I could click on your profile nice. right now and I could see all your projects. I could see all Very your cool. goals, where you stand against those goals. I could see all your latest activity. And so I know very quickly, like, hey, who's working on what? What team are they on? Yeah. And where do those things stand? And so that's really important for a salesperson that maybe needs to get something quickly. Yeah or a urgent client, you know, question or situation. Yeah. Is that, is that an internal tool? The, the map and uh, all the other information that's what they're working on. Yeah. Like it, that? It's part of the catalog product. So all of our oh, customers. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and it has, it has a, uh, you know, you know, directory sync. So whatever you're yeah. using for your org tool, you can just import yeah. it into catalog and all of a sudden you have an org chart that shows what everybody's awesome. working on. And yeah. so it's really good. And, you know, there's some social context to it as well. I want to sure. search and find all the people at the company that are into, I don't know, rock climbing. Yeah. And in a remote world, sometimes it's hard to figure out who those people are. But in our Absolutely. company directory, you can hashtag and you know, put all of these different things in there. Yeah. And it makes it very easy for remote employees to find folks and have hmm. a little bit of social context. This person lives there. These are their interests. This is what they did last yeah. weekend, whatever it is. And again, it adds to the culture and employee engagement, which is ultimately the biggest thing in, in today's environment. Yeah, 100%. So for listeners listening that want to learn more about you, want to get in touch with you, same thing with Catalog, want to learn more about Catalog, want to get connect with Catalog, what's the best way to get connected with you and get connected with Catalog? Yeah, you can email me, Ryan, at Catalog. I'm happy to take a call with anybody at any time, you know, give you, give you a little demo of, of how our customers are using it. Uh, awesome. You can find me on LinkedIn at Ryan S. Burke on, uh, on Twitter as well, and then catalog.com. Amazing. Uh, so we'll definitely catalog all with those. a Q. Let me, let me Q. clarify. Catalog with a Q. <laughs> for sure. We'll, we'll definitely put all the links in the, in the show notes. And Ryan, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Yeah. It's something I, I've definitely wanted to do, and I hope to do more this season of kind of doing deep dives within specific teams within the organization, because yep. the last couple of seasons been kind of like a very overview kind of company top down and want to do a deep dive more on specific teams. And I think the best place was obviously in the sales team, which historically has always been kind of synchronous office space. Let's everyone get in the same space and be synchronous. So we can do the high fives and all of that. 
but you and catalog are kind of leading that change moving obviously remote of course but moving even more towards asynchronous and, and leading the charge to show other sales teams globally that hey we can be doing this you can be successful at it and, and kind of leading the path so certainly appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom that you shared and yeah, yeah to everyone listening until the next episode have a great day awesome thanks god appreciate it Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. My aim is for everyone listening to have one takeaway from each episode they can then go and use with their teams. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to support me by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app on our YouTube channel, share it with friends and colleagues, and please feel free to buy me a coffee via the show's website.